Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Spirit, we know you are here with us to break every yoke and to set free every oppressed life. In the name of Jesus, I declare freedom, I declare peace, and I declare prosperity to them that belong to Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. speaking to you by his spirit for we say speak your servant here thank you Holy Spirit Jesus we depend Jesus we rely on you Jesus
going to focus on the Lord Jesus as he hung on the tree with his head bowed and the blood streaming out of his side hear the message that it tells you I love you I love you I love you I love you He says he loves you and me as we set our minds on our Savior hanging on the cross for not his sins but our sins he says, I love you. I love you. Would you love me back? Thank you for this. I love you so much to die for you. And I will keep nothing from you as you give me your heart. As you give me your life, I will withhold nothing from you. For all the things that your life needs, I have provided. For Jehovah is my name, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord God, your provider. I have known the needs of you before you have asked. And I have loved you with everlasting love. And therefore, I will care for you till the very end. For I have promised you that I will be with you till the end. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel forsaken, but I want to know that I am with you. As you have surrendered your life to me, I am with you. I will do my will for your life. And the enemy shall not be able to withstand it. Because I am God. And there is no other besides me. Hear me and hear me well. For I have loved you with everlasting love. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, Jesus, your name, your name. Every stronghold is broken in your life by the power that is in the name of Jesus. As you declare the words of God in your life, so shall it be unto you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. some people here you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and he's speaking with you right now he says come as you are with everlasting love I have loved you I shed my blood on the cross 
so that you will be saved. So that the enemy would have no power over you. That the God your creator, the God your lover, would be your God in this life and in the life to come. Jesus therefore is saying, come to me just as you are. And I will give you a new life. And you'll be able to live in the presence of God. And God will be your God. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. You know in your spirit that the Lord Jesus is calling you. And you have been running away. You have been postponing that I'll do it some other time. Now is the hour. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Before we do anything, the Lord says, come to me just as you are. Be born again, he told Nicodemus. You must be born again. And he's telling you in the same way today, you must be born again. You heard his voice and you become uncomfortable. Don't fight it. Come to Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come. I want to pray with you before I preach. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whoever you are, come. There are not many people, but I know the Lord is calling you. Come. He will do special works in your life. Come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Rise up and come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm waiting for you. You must be born again. Come. Jesus, you are here with us. I'm waiting for you. The Lord is calling you. Normally, I would have preached and invited you to come to Jesus. But the Spirit told me, call them to come to me without you telling, preaching anything. Just call them. Because I have a plan and I have a purpose for their lives. Call them to come. Thank you, Jesus. I'll pray for you. Stand. I'll pray for you. Who else? The Lord is calling you. He says, I shouldn't preach. I normally would have preached. And I've prepared a very powerful evangelistic sermon for you today. But the Lord says, don't preach. Call them to come to me. Because your work, the works that I do is not based with the enticing words of man. It is not your preaching that makes them come to me. It's me who calls them. And call them to come. Come to Jesus. Come. Because he has a higher plan for your life. And he's beginning your life in a miraculous way. When through no preaching, you heard him, you will hear him more. I just sense that there are some people that must make yes. Must make it a yes to Jesus. Come. Come. The Lord is calling. You, you can hear it. You, whatever you are hearing is the Lord calling. That's how the Lord speaks. He's training you to hear his voice. Without the voice of man. He's training you to hear his voice. Whatever you are hearing and you are feeling in you. Is the Lord speaking to you and calling you. Come. Come. I've never done this here before. But I had to be obedient. Because the Lord has warned me that it's not by my words. It's not by how eloquent and how clear I teach. But it is by his power. And I have to be obedient as his servant. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, thank you for these ones. I can clearly see that it has nothing to do with me, but it has to do with the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your presence in our midst. And I thank you for demonstrating that you are real. Not based on what we do, but because you are God. And whom you will, you call to yourself. Today you have demonstrated in our midst that you can call at any time without the enticing words and the presentation of man. Lord, I thank you for proving to us that you are real. These lives, I know you have greater plans and purposes for them. To do miraculous things with these lives. Lord, I promise to be obedient to, to watch over them and to be a servant to you in their lives. Holy Spirit, my helper, let none of these ones fall by the wayside. But as they have come to Jesus, through your voice, may they walk with Jesus by hearing your voice. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I'm grateful. Thank you, Jesus. I will do your will. I'll serve you with my life. And I'll be obedient to what you say. For you keep on proving that you are God and there is none besides you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Those of you standing here, congregation, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I've heard your call. Not the voice of a man, but your voice in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I come to you just as I am. I know I'm a sinner. And I can only stand before you by your mercy and by your grace. Today I come just as I am. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son. He died and resurrected on the third day. Seated at your right hand. I believe he died for my sins. By his blood, I received the forgiveness of sins. By his blood, I am cleansed from the works of the enemy. By his blood, I stand before you as a new creature. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing me to Jesus. I will walk with you as you lead me. Jesus, my Savior, I give you my heart as my Lord and as my Master. Thank you for loving me and thank you for my salvation. In the name of Jesus, I have prayed. Amen. Father, we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.
Can you kindly give them the books? Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, I want you to go to your seat. After I'm about to preach. I'll call you after. God is with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Jesus, your name. Jesus' name is power. Jesus, your name is might. Jesus, your name is might. Jesus, your name will break every stronghold. Your name is life. Sing it. Oh, Jesus, your name is healing. Your name gives sight. Your name gives reading the whole chapter. Are you with me? We are, I mean, it's good to read the Bible. Not that it's good to read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. I mean, if you can read another thing, then the Bible must be the first to read. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking and especially in relation to my classmates. You know, when I'm not talking about my primary school classmates. I'm talking about my university classmates. Because we are on a page, and every now and then there's discussions here and there. And I realized that when you read the Bible, you become very wise. And when you have the Holy Spirit, your thinking is affected. And your thinking is made superior. Because you can clearly understand and see problems. That he that too was, was on your blind side. And, and so I want to encourage you to spend time to read the Bible. You see, Satan will want to tell you that, oh, you're just a Christian on Sunday when you go to church and there are so many other things to do. Listen, there's nothing else to do than to do God and read his word. There's nothing else worth doing. You see, yes, there may be so other things to do, but is it worth it? I can tell you 99% of the things you do is not worth it. 
99% of the things you do is not worth it. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. You doing it doesn't make it, doesn't give it value. I'm saying you doing it does not give it value. Because its value depends on what it is able to accomplish here on earth and there in heaven. You see, the value of anything is determined by what it is able to accomplish in heaven and here on earth. If you evaluate most things you do by that, you discover that 99% of the things you do are useless. And the truth is they are useless. And they are useless because it is not able to accomplish anything in heaven. And then they are useless because they can't stand before death. You see, anything that has no power over death is useless. Amen. Amen. Because death makes everything useless. Once you die, all your plans, all your movements are useless. You see, we recently lost one of our members who had come to school. And I'm thinking to myself, so what has happened to her matric exam that she passed so well to gain admission to Vicks? It's useless because nobody else can use it. She can't use it and nobody else can use it. Many things are useless because death has power over them. Hallelujah. And then many things are useless because they accomplish nothing in heaven. In fact, as I grow older, I get to believe strongly that if it was possible and my child will willingly do what I would suggest to them to do, I would rather spend a lot of time educating them in the Bible and educating them in the Holy Spirit. Rather than spending so much money, I will do the worldly education because they need to read. Somebody, they need to put words together to pronounce what they read, and they need to understand what they are reading. You see, if they can't read, when they take the Bible, once Jesus was in a certain place, they will not know what it is. So I have to teach them to read. But I will, I will teach them not to give themselves to the things of this world because they achieve nothing. They achieve nothing. The truth is. It's hard truth, isn't it? Especially when you are sparring for it. And there's somebody who has had it and is telling you that it's useless. You see, it's useless compared to what else I can get. That, that's the point. It's not, on its own, it's not useless. But compared to what else I could get, this one is useless. You see, if you are not educated and you get a clerk, a, a cleric, a job as a clerk in an office, it's a, it's a promotion. But you see, it's a promotion only because you are not educated. Because the same you has the ability, if you were to be educated, not to be the clerk in the office, but to be the one who owns the office. I don't know if you understand my point. So just understand what I'm saying. In comparison to what else I could do. 
in comparison to what else I could allow my life to accomplish. Earthly education is useless. We don't say it that way because we are afraid. But I tell you, thank you, Holy Spirit. Paul said it when he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, that we came into this world with nothing. And it is certain that we'll go out of this world. You see, your godliness, your godliness, or yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Why? After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. And we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Next verse. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Yeah. If you understand this, you will know how far you go. And you will not go all out for things that you leave out. Because, you see, going all out for things that you leave behind is going to rob you of going all out for things that you can take with. That, that, that's, the, that's the problem. The problem is that there are things, and there are many of the things, you, you can't go with it. Are you with me? Yeah. Going all out for it is going to cause you to neglect what you can go with. Anyway, that's not the sermon I came to preach today. Let's just read Luke chapter 1 and let's go. And I feel like just chatting with you. Do you get it? Those of you that are going to write exams, don't fear. Fear not. It's true that you didn't study the way you should have studied. It's true, it's true. You see, unfortunately, what you didn't do, the time is already passed. Do you get it? What you didn't do, the time is already passed. You should have studied more, but you didn't. You were, you were on WhatsApp and Twitter and, and other things. And then also, you had, when, when, when even you are alone to study, when you take your book, then your mind is on him. Or on her. Huh? It's like even, even when the one you say I'm studying, do you get it? Your mind is not with you. <laughs> so, so, unfortunately, up to today, uh, when you assess, you realize that I should have done better. Are you with me? Now, the point is going forward, you have some small time. Now, when you fret or when you worry, it is also going to make the small time that you have also useless. Are you with me? It is also going to make the small time that you have also useless. You see, as I'm telling you this story, one time, my daughter missed her flight. And she missed her flight because she became very anxious when she realized that she was late. And therefore, she got into panic attack and had to go to the bathroom, to whatever it is for a while. When she finally called me, I told her that if she had, because I had instructed her, call me when you get to the airport. If she had called me, she would have discovered that she didn't miss her flight because the flight was one hour later. I'm trying to explain to you what worry can do to you. Listen, you didn't study. You should have. 
Do you get it? Let me, let, let, let's get a fact. Can we, can, can we settle this issue before we start? You didn't study the way you should have. And now the exam, like a, like a monster, is about to come for you. And, and, and you see, when you look at what time you have left and the volume of work you have to do, the natural reaction aided by the works of Satan is for you to go into a panic attack and be worried and start stressing. And I'm here to tell you that worry stressing has nothing good to do with to your life. No matter what the problem is, worry not, fear not. Listen, whatever is going to happen would happen anyway. You see, what you are worried about is this is the second time or the third time you are writing that subject and you cannot fail. But unfortunately, this, this idea should have occurred to you at the beginning of the semester. But it's occurring to you a bit too late. Are you with me? Yeah, it's occurring to you a bit too late. But the point is, worrying is going to waste whatever little time that is left. Now, if you have the Lord in your life, then my advice to you, is to first of all believe that God is as interested in your education as your mother and your father are. Sometimes the feeling when we preach, the feeling is like uh, God is only interested in how much we read the Bible. No, God is also interested in your education. Yes, yes, God is interested in your education. Bishop, how, how do you say God is interested? Listen, if God was not interested in your education, he would have chosen all his disciples to be ignorant men. Some of them were ignorant, some of them not so ignorant. The best of them, when he got to do the real work of the gospel to the Gentiles, he chose the most educated. He didn't choose any of the ignorant people. He didn't choose Peter. He didn't choose uh, uh, Andrew. He didn't choose James. He chose Paul, a lawyer. Do you get it? So listen. When the Bible says all things work together, it means all things work together. Do you get it? So, so don't believe that God is not interested in your education. He is. He, he doesn't have to depend on your education for you to have food to eat. But he's interested in your education because he can use it according to his plans and purpose for your life. Because sometimes he has to send you to places where education is needed. Moses could go back to Pharaoh because he was brought up in the court of Pharaoh. So he understood the language of Pharaoh and was confident to talk to Pharaoh. As against the children of Israelites that were there as people that were slaves or people that were downtrodden. I mean, when you take a downtrodden person to come and talk to a high-ranking person, the downtrodden person always feels inferior. They're not confident. So please, I'm saying to you that you must believe that God is interested in your education. And it doesn't matter how close you have been with God. God is interested. God has always been interested in you, whether you have loved him or you have hated him. Mm -hmm. You are the one who is only interested in people you like and people who like you. 
But God is interested in everybody. Because everybody and everything belongs to him. Yeah, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou hast created all things, including you. And some of you, you don't believe, you think that after you go to church for a while, you think that, ah, you were born out of fornication, so God, no, God actually saw your mother and father fornicating and said, I still want a child from them. Don't, don't mind these religious over-righteous people who are always checking your age and when your parents married. Are you with me? Yeah, it's a work of God. God sometimes can confuse that. So you must believe that God is interested in you. He's interested in your education. Are you with me? And therefore, ask him for help. What is the help you need to ask him? Be specific. Don't say, Lord, help me to pass my exam. Do you get it? Because that's non-specific. There are questions that you are going to be asked. And those questions are somewhere in your books. So the Lord knoweth a thing from the beginning before it has happened. So ask him to direct you to where the questions are going to come from. And when he directs you, pray that you would also be sensitive and obey. Because some of you, when you are directed, you are so insensitive to God directing you that you ignore it. That one then is your fault. So ask for direction to where you must read. Two, ask for retentive memory. Ask for understanding. As you read, the Lord by his spirit will help you to understand what you read. Are you with me? Pray for clarity of mind and pray against anything that would distract you by way of bad news and other things and ask the Lord to give you inner peace and above all, pray for strength and health. Are you with me? And give yourself. Whatever days is left, just give yourself. But remember, don't fret. The Lord is able to hear and help those who call upon him. And stop believing that, yeah, I should have called on him. I don't call on him. Lord, now I'm coming to call on him. No, you see, God is not like us. You are the one that will say, ah, but you don't call me. Now you are calling me. <laughs> Last minute you are calling me. Now you know me. No, God doesn't deal with us like that. He says, call on him and I'll answer. Are you with me? And then give yourself to the books and take yourself away from the phones. Because the phones are your demons that you have paid for, that you buy data. Yeah, the phones are your demons. Just as Jesus Christ is God personified, the phones are the demons personified or articulized in your life that you keep doing things to get data for. Some of you, for data, you do wrong things. But anyway, now let's, let's, so have I spoken to you a bit about that? I'll pray for you at the end of the, let, let, maybe let's pray, let's pray for the exams. Let's pray. I want you to talk to God, ask him for help. Yeah, forget about what you didn't do and what you should have done. Just say, Lord, I'm before you, I need your help. I need your touch, supernatural help. Guide me, show me, help me in by way of strength for my physical body, by way of health. I block every bad news and any other thing that will take away my mind and disturb my peace. 
Lord, help me, help me. I pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You are our helper. You are our helper. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for all of us in preparatory stage of our lives as we go for exams. This is but a stage, and we ask for your help, specifically by leading us to where we must read, by granting us understanding to understand, by helping us through the prompting of your Holy Spirit to avoid silly mistakes, and by you causing us to answer appropriately. We pray against any mistake on the part of the lecturer, on the part of the system, be it computer, whatever it is, we come against it. We ask, Lord, for you to help. Thank you for answered prayer. In faith, we have confessed that we have passed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Good. Let's, let's go quickly. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Some of us will not want to pray this prayer. Because, Lord, you know I'm fornicating badly. If you come now, I can easily be left behind. So, yes, Lord, may your kingdom come, but not soon. <laughs> but this part we like to pray, Lord. Give us each day the food we need. But Lord, not only food, but at time. And uh, Lord, you know that food is not the only thing we need. So Lord, we are, we are asking food, but you know food means a lot of things. So Lord, just, just include all the things that... And Lord, uh-huh, forgive us our sins. Lord, as for the sins there, please don't leave any. Forgive us all. Lord, don't leave any. Even the ones we don't remember and everything. Please just wipe it out. Do you get it? As we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, we are not sure, but you know, some of the people who sin against us <laughs> would like to, but, you know, can we, can, Lord, can we have a discussion? Can we separate the two? The Lord says, no, we can't separate the two. So, your forgiveness of others is going to determine the forgiveness you receive. If you forgive people completely and wipe out everything, yours will be wiped out also because you are saying, forgive us our sins as we forgive, in the manner we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Hey, Lord. Lord, can you bring your angels and make us see them when we are about to be tempted? Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. 
But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough. So the lesson is persistence. Many of us pray, but we don't persist in praying. Many of us pray, but we don't persist in praying. The lesson is persistence. Is if you keep knocking long enough, despite whether you qualify for it or not, you will get it. He will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Some of you, even when you, are, when you need help, you are proud. When they shout on you, now you have seen you have come. And say, so you see, that's why I didn't want to come. <laughs> when they say now you are coming, you say, yes, I've come, I've come. Because I know this is where I can get help and I'm not going to beat about the bush. I know I've not done well, but I need your help. Please help me. <laughs> you know, one day, I, had, I was coming here to do counseling around three. And uh, I went to park at a place where I normally park on Sundays. But apparently, it's the director's parking. So the previous day, I had come to park there, and they, were, they said they were looking for the person to clamp the car. And so it's this white lady. And you know, sometimes this black-white thing, it plays a lot. We'll say it's not there, but it's there. It's there. It's, I mean, no, it's there. It's there. Yeah, it's there. So as she was talking, she was rude to start with, but I kept my cool. And I said, oh, no. I mean, listen, I, at the point I told her, that, listen, I'm not just an ordinary person. I'm a responsible person, in case you're not aware. And because sometimes you have to tell her, because I'm a medical doctor. What are you? Yeah. I'm a, you see, that's, that's, the, that's the point. The next point is that, the next point is that I run an organization that has, that has so many, um, I mean, financial budget that we use. So I'm, 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 I don't call myself like, but I'm a significant person. So I told, I told her, listen, I will not do what you think I will do. So as we were talking, she was, so later on, as I told her that she calmed down, I said, listen, okay. So he said, I moved there. I said, why should I park? He said, she doesn't know. And she was about to move. I said, you know what? Can I park at your place? She said, no, you can't park at your place. I said, you are going. <laughs> but you know what I said? I said, listen, I know you are going. And I'm not asking to park at your place because it's my right, but I'm asking you to show me kindness. As she talked to her, then she said, how long are you going to park for? Meanwhile, you are going home. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are going home. <laughs> so I said, oh, for about three hours, and said, please. I said, okay. But he said, next time, please make sure the, the, the security gives you a place to park. Because she said, uh, the director, he said I should go to the director to ask. The security doesn't know where to help me to park. And so I asked the director, they said the director has traveled. So I said, who is next? He said, I'm next. She's next. I said, if you are next, then help me. I said, if you are next, help me. And I'm asking you, especially you are going. I'm, I'm not asking you because it's my right, but I'm asking you for your kindness. Be kind to me. <laughs> she, she couldn't help it, but allowed me to park. You see, some of you, you don't get the things you need because your pride doesn't allow. He said, listen, it's not about whether it's my right. Yes, it's your parking. Whether you are there or not, it's your parking. But please, I'm asking for your kindness. I'm not asking because it's my right, but out of your benevolence, please let me park there. She was surprised because she thought I'm going to do that. You are racist. Yeah, no, no. I was, I was not ready for those things. I know you. I know she is, but I was not ready. Give me a smaller one. Tissue. Hallelujah. Good. So let's read on. I tell you, keep on asking. 
and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You see, these are things that we must meditate on. Because these are the, you see, Jesus is telling us, prayer is the thing that will bring things into your life. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Not that the door may be opened. The door will be opened. Yeah. You see, you, you don't pray. Because prayer doesn't look like something of importance. You rather sit down and strategize how to get the boy to say yes by, by trying to give him a presentation of what attracts him. Look, some boys, when, you, when they see what you have, you don't look attractive anymore. So some of you girls that are always, I mean, presenting. Anyway, we are preaching, we are reading Jesus' words. Listen to me, ladies. Boys don't like cheap things. Let me say it again. Boys don't like cheap things when it comes to who to marry. If you reduce your price, they they are not likely to pay for you. Yeah. If you offer them what they have not seriously asked for, they will no longer pay for it. And sometimes you don't understand and you get hurt. You are getting hurt for nothing. You reduced your price without they asking for a discount. Anyway, please, let's, let's read. We are reading. We are reading Luke chapter 11. Now, if you like, ask, ask any man or man looking sitting by you. <laughs> because because most of you ladies, most of you ladies, you are always saying, I have a crush on him. I have a crush. Stop having listen. Listen, if he has not said anything and you are crashing on him, then you are not made of a good substance. Yeah, I'm telling you. The reason why you are crashing on him without him saying anything is because you are not made of a good substance. And nobody would like to buy and, or pay for what is not made of a good substance. Let's read the Bible. You see what you are doing? You see what you are doing? You, you don't like the truth. You are telling me to read the Bible. I'll read. I'll read. Okay. Don't, don't just blame me. 
I'll say, Bishop, you didn't tell us. Because when I was telling you, you said, let's read the Bible. Let's go. <laughs> you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, he has taught us two things. He has taught us the part, or more than two. He has taught us the pattern to pray. He has taught us what will make prayer work. And he's now teaching us what is the best thing to ask for. Did you see it? I'm not talking about prayer. We are just reading the Bible. But it just happens that these things are inside. He said, you must persist in asking shamelessly. It will bring you what you want. And then he goes on to say what you should ask. Say, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you, you see, he compared the Holy Spirit to good gifts. Or he compares the Holy Spirit to good gifts. But the Holy Spirit is higher than a good gift. Let's go on. One day, Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. And the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Others trying to test Jesus demanded that he should show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. So it's like now a question of the power that you have, where is it from? He knew their thoughts, so he said, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. So in other words, it's now Satan is casting out his children from their, their dwelling places, then confusion is about to happen. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. See, some of you, you don't understand why your family, they are not progressing. Because your grand-uncle quarreled with your grandfather, which has carried on, and your grandfather or your father is now quarreling with your uncle. Do you get it? And soon, you will take on your cousin. Are you getting there? And you understand, you are, you are wondering why your family is not progressing. You see, the family and a kingdom is like the body. You don't have everything in one place. The brain is in the head. The heart is in the chest. The stomach together with the liver, the kidneys, and the intestines are in the abdomen. The, the, the reproductive organs are in the pelvis. Are you with me? Yeah. So if you cut off half and say, we no longer don't want to be here, what happens is that the brain that the kidneys need will no longer be connected to them. That is the effect of quarreling and separation. God has blessed us with different gifts located in different people. Our togetherness makes accessible to all of us the gifts from different places. Our separation makes inaccessible, the different gifts that we need to be able to function. Yeah. Next time when your mother is talking very bad about your uncle, explain to her that maybe your uncle is the brain of the family and your mother is the hand of the family. The hand needs the brain. You see, you see, these things, we don't see it. We don't see it for what it is. So. We don't see it for what it is because you'll be surprised that there's an uncle in the family whose prayers God hears. 
And he has been given to the family as the priest of the family. But because of Satan knowing this, he separates us. So the priest of the family is no longer praying for the family. Anyway, let's read on. You say, I am empowered by Satan. But if Satan is divided and fighting against himself, how can his kingdom survive? It means Satan has a kingdom. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your son, your own exorcist? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For, and now, just listen carefully. For when a strong man like Satan is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe. Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his, his weapons and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't with me is opposing me. Please, I want you to note this verse. 21 and 22, I'll come back to it. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. <laughs> this is Jesus speaking. He's telling us about things we don't know. Which means are, evil spirits are in people. And that evil spirits don't like not being in people. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and in order. But there's nobody guarding it. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that the and so that and so that person is worse off than before. Now, if you will hear any, this is why when you are born again, you really need to stay born again and fight to stay born again. Because you see, when you are born again, many things begin to leave you, and you have to fight to stay born again. You cannot afford not to be born again. Or to not stay born again and having Jesus as your Lord all the time. God, otherwise Satan will come back. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. Jesus replied, But even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. This is the words of God saying, that those who are truly blessed are the ones who hear the word of God and puts it into practice. Now, if you, are, if you are thinking of how to be blessed, Jesus showed you one of the ways is to hear the word of God and put it into practice. What did I say? To hear the word of God and put it into practice. God himself is saying, you are more blessed and you'll be blessed. If God says you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed. Because he said, let there be, and there was light. Whatever he said, let there be, it is. So if God says those who hear the word of God and put it into practice, they are even more blessed. Then it means you'll be blessed as you put the word of God into practice. Amen. Yeah. This is what Satan will tell you, don't have time for. I said, this is what Satan will tell you, don't have time for. 
Don't give it your attention. There are more important things to do. Listen, I believe that my children will be more blessed if they are well educated in the Bible and they practice the Bible than they are educated in any other things. I'm telling you. Because the little that I'm practicing, I can see that it's bearing fruit. Yeah. I can see that it's bearing fruit. That even my thinking is working where I see my children as my responsibility and no matter what struggle I have to go through, I have to look after them. That even is the word of God that has changed me. It's not natural. I mean, some of you, your fathers can pay your school fees. They can pay it. But they are not even bothered to give you food to eat. They would rather have a woman chilling with them than to pay your school fees. And almost all of them in their old age, you have to look after them. I'm telling you before you start shouting and kicking. <laughs> is there anybody here? Your father is, is alive. He's not minding you. He doesn't care about you. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Is that, no, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. He's alive. He's well, but he's not minding you. Listen, in your old age, you have to care for him. Don't fight it. Just do it. That's what will happen. That is what will happen. You would have to care for him. Oh, yes, yes. Don't say why. Just do it. God will bless you. Just do it. When the time comes, don't fight it. Just do it. Hallelujah. Yeah. As the crowd pressed, have we jumped a verse? Oh, we are. We didn't jump a verse. As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miracle sign. A miracle sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God has sent him. What happens to the Son of Man will be a sign to those people that God has sent, to those people that he was sent by God. The Queen of Sheba will stand up against this generation on the judgment day and condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. Hey, let's read on. The, the people, let, let's read on. Next verse. Oh, it's finished. This is the next verse. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. It means there will be a judgment day. <laughs> Whether you agree with it or not, Jesus, son of God, says a judgment day is coming. Hey, you, can, you can play forget and put it away out of your mind, but it, it won't prevent it from coming. For they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. Eish. No one lights up a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who, hear, who enter the house. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Eesh. I think this advice is worth circling. To make sure what is the light that is running my life? Is it a darkness? You see, what Jesus said is that, you see, it will not look like, like darkness to you. Because he said, he said make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. In other words, the thing would not look like darkness. 
I said, in other words, the thing will not, whatever light is running your life will never look like darkness. But Jesus is saying, make sure it's not actually darkness. Yeah. And, and he has told you in John, even John chapter 1 and John chapter 8 and John chapter 12, he shouted, I'm the light, I'm the light, I'm the light. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a flight light were filling you with light. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside you are but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you'll be clean all over. He that lendeth to the poor, lendeth to God. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. <laughs> what sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you? For you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption that they are stepping on. Eesh. Teacher said an aspect in religious, you have insulted us too in what you just said. <laughs> yes, said Jesus. What sorrow awaits you also awaits you expects a religious law. For you crush people with impossible religious demands and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. What sorrow awaits you? For you, you blind, you blind monuments for the, you, you build monuments for the prophets, your own ancestors, your, the prophets your own ancestors killed long ago. But in fact, you stand as witnesses who agree with what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you join in their crime by building the monuments. This is what God in his wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and persecute the others. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world. From the murder of Abel, the murder of Zachariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. What sorrow awaits you expects in religious law? For you remove the key to knowledge from the people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves and you prevent others from entering. As Jesus was leaving, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees became hostile and tried to provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, that is their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. 
Whatever you have said in dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetop for all to hear. Hey, those of you who thrive in secrets. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. Sorry, of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more than any more to you after that. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hair on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. So as you go about telling people that you belong to Jesus and that Jesus is the Lord, he will also tell the angels that you belong to him and they will take good care of you. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. Amen. Ah, we've read more than enough. No, I was just reading verse chapter 11. Hallelujah. Well, I'm sure you've read the Bible, isn't it? So it's a nice time to close. Oh. Ah, what more do you want? Jesus preached to us today. He taught us how to pray. He taught us, he taught us the manner, the pattern to pray, how to persist in prayer, and even what to pray for. And shared many things which other people are doing that we shouldn't do. And told us the one who is blessed, who hears the word of God and practices. What else do you want me to say? Well, I have something to say, something small to say. You see, I have been preaching for a while about, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, that those 15, 15, not 16, he died for everyone. He died for everyone. He didn't die for some people. I said he didn't die for some people. He didn't die for only the Jews. He died for everyone. Why? So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Hallelujah. No longer do what? No longer do what? But live for who? Now, I just want to, there's something else I wanted to say, but I'll, I'll just say this and close. Now, what is done at a place and the atmosphere that is created is determined by the purpose of the gathering. True or false? I said, what is done at a place and the atmosphere that is created is determined by the purpose of gathering. There's one major lie that is being propagated against people who want to have an encounter with God. And that is, church is boring. True or false? But I'm here to explain to you that church cannot be boring. 
Because why do you say church is boring? Why do you say church is boring? Yeah. Church is not boring. The pastor might be boring. Okay, good. But, but generally, most of us have an idea that church is boring. Why do they say church is boring? Of course, you, you see, you can't say something is boring unless you are comparing it to something else. You see, it is your comparison of one boy to the other or one girl to the other that makes you say this one is handsome and this one is not so handsome or this one is beautiful and this one is not so beautiful. But you see, everybody on their own is beautiful or handsome. It is in comparison to somebody who is of a light skin. That is why you say I'm dark. But otherwise, on my own, I'm not dark. I'm dark in comparison to something. Are you with me? Now, now, this has been used by Satan to deceive a lot of people. This has been used by Satan to deceive a lot of people. But you see, if you understand the scripture, you will understand why the atmosphere created in the gathering where the name of Jesus is, or where the gathering is the name of Jesus, may be, may be different from the atmosphere created where Satan is the one who is being worshipped. This is not what I came to preach, but I just feel I should just leave you with this. Hear me and hear me well. The atmosphere, the environment that exists in a place is dependent on the purpose of the gathering. Now, the Bible says, please look for it for me, I think Matthew, where two or three are gathered in my name. Not where two or three are gathered. Two or three can be gathered anywhere. Two or three, but when they gather in my name, I said, when they gather in my name, that is where I am. Matthew, what? Just put it, put it, put it on quickly. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, not just gathered. Are you understanding it? When you are, please, can't you find the scripture? He said, for where two or three are gathered together, please give me King James. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. That is where I am. That is where I am. Now, in the gathering or in the church gathering, we do it in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the pastor. Because it is in the name of Jesus that we have power over the works of Satan. And you see, any deviation or any attempt to satisfy this evil thought of we don't want it to be boring would shift us from the name in which we are gathered. I said it will shift us 
from the name in which we are gathered. And we will begin to do things that is no longer about Jesus, but it's about us. But the Bible tells us that so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. If you are not living for yourself, you will not gather for yourself. Let me say it again. If you are not living for yourself, you will not gather for yourself. It's important. The boring, it's not exciting. It's the way by which Satan wants to take you away from where you need him most. Because if there's anything that you need, you need the presence of God in your life at all times. When Jesus entered the place, there, there were people there, there were priests there, but the demons were cool going about their work and they are happy to be wherever they have been taken to. Demons are not, not afraid of going to church. They are afraid of where the presence of Jesus is. And listen to me. It is the power of Jesus that will break every stronghold of Satan in your life. So let us make sure that no matter what we do, when we gather in the name of Jesus, Jesus is lifted up. Let's not, let's not do things that is to, to, to satisfy the flesh. So if you come to church and we don't sing in the name of Jesus and shouting and dancing, but we are just magnifying God, please learn to do it. It will be your blessing. Because, let me tell you something, you need to learn or you need to be, do, to be able to worship God in the privacy of your home. But you can't do it when you don't know how to do it in public together. It's very difficult to do it alone. Experience, it's very difficult to do it alone. If you don't know the songs, how can you even sing and sing it in a meditating way? That's what I'm saying. That most of the things we do in this life, 99% of them are useless. <laughs> and, and they keep us from doing what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, how many of you, you are, you are sad that you went to church and they sang a song and you didn't know how to sing it and you are sad that you didn't know how to sing it? Hello? Hello? We don't care. In fact, it's like, well, this is a song they sing. Me, me, I'm just here. Let them finish preaching. It's that girl who has forced me to come to church, you know? I'm just waiting. Once I get, once I get there, I'll stop coming to church. Listen. 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 <laughs> I followed a girl to church and I got born again. And I'm grateful that God uses anything to get us. I wish I could tell you that I saw an angel and I went to church. I didn't see an angel. There was a girl I was chasing. I didn't get her, but I got Jesus. And I'm happy I didn't get her and I got Jesus because Jesus is more valuable. Listen to me. There's a lot I want to say, but I'll just leave you on this aspect and to change your attitude towards church. Learn the songs. Learn the songs. Because, you see, when Jesus is lifted up, when God is exalted, when God is magnified, you, you, it's, it's one of the major ways by which his presence comes. It's one of the major ways by which his presence comes. And you see, if you understand that it's no longer about to live for yourself. Because to live for yourself means you must do things that satisfy you. Are you with me? And, and when we go to a party, especially before we got born again, we want a certain type of music. 
that will allow us to be able to squeeze and be squeezed. You know, you know, I don't know about you guys, but me, when I was like you, do you get that? I was a little bit younger than you. We used to go to discos, nightclubs, where there are these lights, and the whole room is dark. Do you get it? Sometimes they have uh, uh, this purple light that makes white very nice. Do you get it? And, and the whole place is kept very dark and they play music. And you'll be dancing. But there is a part. As I said, when you go with a girl that you wait for. And that, mu- that part is the smooching, we call it smooching music. I don't know how you call it. But it's, you know, the cool... The one that doesn't need you to dance, but the one that allows you to be close. Ah, what, what, you are talking like you don't, you don't do these things here. So, so why are you behaving like? Come again. Liar. You see, because, because they can't play in the name of Jesus at that place. Because we are not gathered. We are not gathered for, for Jesus. We are gathered for ourselves. And they must do things that excite us. And you see, those, that soft music, in as much as it doesn't allow us to move our bodies in a certain way, it actually allows us to fulfill the purpose for the disco. And they normally play it getting to the closing time, like a little longer, so that you can, you can finish what you have started. When you go home, Now, some of you that don't know what I'm talking about, it's good you don't know. It's good. It's good you don't know. Because some of you are young, which is good. Don't, don't know it. Don't know it. But some of you know what I'm talking about. You know it. You see, that type of environment is not created for Jesus. And you see, Satan will want us to change our environment that is for Jesus. So that Jesus will not show up by his Holy Spirit when we meet. But you see, together we'll stand against anything that will prevent Jesus from showing up in our midst. Are you with me? And we will learn how to do it and we'll take it home. And we and our music system, we will learn, we'll enjoy it and create the presence of God in our, in our rooms. That is when the demons would say, please, we have to get out of here. It's getting dangerous. Yeah. And it releases the presence of God. And I tell you, if you, if you notice, check where the demons shouted. Check where the demons, almost all those places, the demons started shouting when Jesus has not said much. Because the presence of Jesus, a strong man, 
stronger than Satan has come. And your freedom has come. May we learn it. Learn the songs. Play the music. Listen, I say 199% of what you do is useless. Against the demons that are fighting you. They're useful things. Satan doesn't want you to do them. But today I came to tell you, do them. Because you are, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. And anything, you see, you live for Jesus if you are born again. And therefore your room, everywhere you are, must be for Jesus. And when Jesus is lifted up in your, in your life, in your environment, Satan will have to disappear. Yeah. The demons that speak to your mind will stop speaking to your mind and tell you, sleep on, rest a little bit. The demons that affect your body and tell you, they tell you are tired, hey, this body needs sex, this body needs drink, this body needs alcohol, this body needs excitement. Listen, all of them shall go away because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the presence of God himself with you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So please, understand it. And let's not change to keep you excited. Because excitement in church doesn't stop demons from working in your life. But the presence of the Lord in your life would bring to halt every demonic agenda, every demonic incursion, every demonic operation over your life. And you will be what God brought you into this world to be. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's rise to our feet. God is with us. You are here with us. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you in this place. Oh, we bless you. We magnify you. We adore you. We exalt you. We, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Release us to worship you, to exalt you in our words, in our songs to surrender and to yield, to, to express our emotion in love to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. It's not about us. We'll stop evaluating your gatherings from our perspective. It's about you. And let your spirit manifest whenever we gather in the name of Jesus. Setting our minds free from oppressive thoughts. Breaking every chain that holds us captive by way of addictions. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. I want us to stand on behalf of our families and plead the blood of Jesus to set them free from every form of occultic attachment to every form of worship that is not of God. We are standing on behalf of our families and cry for forgiveness and for deliverance. Daniel stood on behalf of the Israelites and prayed to God and declared that we have sinned against you, we and our fathers, but have mercy. We all want to pray for our families. Yes, I know that we have personal issues. 
but your personal issues has to do also with the family that you are coming from when your family is blessed you'll be blessed when your family is cursed you try your best but you'll be struggling and therefore we are standing as agents on behalf of our families thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus as we partake of this bread we declare and receive it by faith as the body of Jesus by the power that is in the body of Jesus may we receive that power in our bodies supernatural strength vitality health and healing in our bodies the body of Jesus lifting up the cup of wine by faith we declare this to be the precious blood of Jesus may we be cleansed of every evil by faith through the blood we receive the influence of the Holy Spirit as the wine influences so may the Holy Spirit influence every step of our lives as the wine influences our perception may the Holy Spirit influence our perception as the, the, the wine influences our speech, may the Holy Spirit influence our speech that we may speak good things. Amen. Whatever the wine is able to do, may the Holy Spirit do likewise in our lives. May this blood mark us as belonging to Jesus. And may we escape from every evil. The blood of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Change this one. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. We are praying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shakalam. We are praying for our families. We stand in the gap. For the Lord said, I sought for a man who will stand in the gap that I may not destroy the land. And I found none. Thank you. We stand in the gap today for our families. To break every chain. Oh, may the power to break that comes from Jesus from the wonderful name. May the power of the blood cleanse Turn around. We plead your mercy. We plead your mercy. We plead your mercy. We plead your mercy. Deliver. 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 We break every case and we set free every God. We remove it and we consecrate and surrender the fact. We lift 
Father, we thank you. We lift Jesus above everything else. 
We gathered in the name that is above every name. And therefore, we bow to you, O Lord. We bow in our spirit. We bow to you in every way. Life is about you because you gave it to us. Therefore, we will live for you. Thank you for your mercy over our families. Your mercy that causes your grace that brings salvation to appear. Thank you that by your power, you are sending laborers into the harvest field of our families. That will break every chain and every yoke and every demonic arrangement that has gone for ages. We stand in the gap and we say, Lord, turn it around that it may be a family where your name is exalted, where you are God from beginning to the end. We bless you, Lord. magnify you. We thank you for our lives and we thank you that we go into this week with strength and with power, with victory, with joy and peace because you are God. We thank you for a day like this when we can be free in your presence. We thank you for the many lives that you have touched. And we pray that the enemy shall no longer be able to speak to us. And we shall no longer hear him. But from today, we shall hear your voice in a special way. Amen. And we shall follow Amen. as you say, come. As you call us unto yourself, we shall follow. We thank you. And I pray that every soul under the sound of my voice, it is well with them. Because you have promised never to leave any of us, nor forsake us. I pray peace over their lives. Amen. I pray peace May they never panic in any situation. But may they laugh at the enemy's works in assurance and in faith that victory belongs to you, Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shall say with me, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.